0: Hey, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read Luke chapter 20, starting in verse 27 and going to verse 47. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies, leaving a wife but no children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow, but he also died. Then the third brother married her, and this continued with all seven of them who died without children. Finally, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. Jesus replied, Marriage is for people here on earth. But in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they will never die again. In this respect, they will be like angels. They are children of God and children of the resurrection. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, even Moses proved this when he wrote about the burning bush. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, he referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead, for they are all alive to him. Well said, teacher, remarked some of the teachers of religious law who were standing there. And then no one dared ask him any more questions. Then Jesus presented them with a question. Why is it, he asked, that the Messiah is said to be the son of David? For David himself wrote in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Since David called the Messiah Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? Then, with the crowds listening, he turned to his disciples and said, Beware of these teachers of religious law for they like to parade around in flowing robes and love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces, and how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the head table at banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property, and they pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished." All right, um, I want to focus on this first part of this encounter that Jesus has with some religious leaders called Sadducees, who were temple officials, the ruling class, the wealthy religious leaders in Jerusalem. So Jesus, again, he's in Jerusalem, he's, this is the last week of his life, he's doing all kinds of things in the temple, teaching in the temple, um, having meals with his followers, all of this, and uh, here, Jesus here is asked about the resurrection. And he's speaking here about resurrection. And at the time of Jesus, there were a lot of, uh, there were some different beliefs surrounding resurrection. The prevailing view at the time of Jesus, by the people, by uh, the mob, you know, uh, by the public, was that God would one day resurrect his people and set the world right. That death, the great enemy, would be defeated. And the resurrected people of God would live in the renewed world that he would put back together, that God would set the world right. He would raise the dead, and they would um, be raised uh, with an embodied, new spirit-infused bodied existence. Uh, This was also the belief of the Pharisees, and this was the belief of many people at the time of Jesus, resurrection, renewed life um, in a world put back together, and this hope um, was not, though, for a disembodied existence in clouds of souls in heaven. Sometimes when we talk about uh, resurrection, we think we're going to get to go to heaven when we die. But, but that's, the ultimate hope for resurrection isn't going to heaven when we die with a disembodied soul. The hope was an embodied, new spirit-fleshed, renewed, perfect life that could no longer be touched by sickness or death or imperfection. So the expectation uh, was that God would resurrect the dead all together in one moment. However, there were some people at the time of Jesus, like the ruling religious leaders called Sadducees, who are confronting Jesus in this story, who did not believe in the resurrection. And that's, uh, the way you always remember that the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection is if you don't believe in the resurrection, it'll make you sad. That's why they were sad, you see? Get it? Get it? Okay, that's enough. So the Sadducees—they only believed in uh, that that God had inspired the first, you know, section of Scripture, um, and they were the truly legitimate, given by God passages. Those first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Law, um, and so therefore, some of the texts that the Pharisees and the people drew from to discover God's promise of resurrection were rejected by the Sadducees. They didn't believe those. That was from God. So the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. They believed that what we have here and now is it. Um, And on top of that, um, they were wealthy religious leaders. They led the temple worship. They wanted to maintain power and peace. They wanted to stay in a comfort zone with Rome because that's how they got their power. And so the Sadducees, um, often because they didn't believe in resurrection, they would try to illustrate how absurd the belief in resurrection was, which is what they were trying to do with Jesus here. And so they asked Jesus a question, you know, about resurrection and about a woman being married multiple times. And so at the resurrection, whose wife is she going to be? It'll be confusing, won't it, Jesus, trying to point out how absurd it is. But Jesus here makes a couple points in response. He says, first of all, in the resurrection, uh, that's an, that's not even a legitimate question or concern because death is going to be wiped out along with sexual relations and the need for family lineage. It, that we're we're going to become, um, they're, they're, we're going to have an immortal experience. It's not that we're going to become angels, but we'll, we'll become like angels. There there won't be any more death. There will be an embodied spirit, embodied body, and we'll be immortal. And so uh, there's not going to be a need for lineage in that way. We're going to be together here. And then he then he says, uh, Jesus uses a passage from the book of Exodus, which is a, the second book of the Bible, and the book that the Sadducees themselves honored and believed. And Jesus points out that in the book of Exodus, um, God is referred to by Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, points out that God is... Referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not the God who was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. In other words, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are not dead and gone. They are still alive with him. They're not, they're they're in his presence and they're awaiting the final resurrection. They're not resurrected yet, but he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jesus is pointing out from their own scriptures. The view of resurrection, that God is alive, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their forefathers, are alive and present with him awaiting resurrection. So therefore, here's kind of the point I'm trying to make. Jesus believes in resurrection. Jesus believes in resurrection, which is good, because in under a week's time from this story, he will be raised from the dead. Uh, And so Jesus clearly is coming down saying, I believe in the resurrection. And he gives us some hints into what it's about. Now, let me just talk about Easter, because that's coming up here for us. On that first Easter, that Resurrection Sunday, Jesus' resurrection was different than anyone had expected. It wasn't the resurrection everyone was anticipating. The expectation and assumption was that there would be one resurrection, uh, that when God the King returned, everyone would be raised and the world would be set back right. But when Jesus rose again from the dead on that Easter Sunday, he was the only one who was raised. He went first. He's the pioneer. And so he was given a new uh, spirit-empowered body that will never be touched by death. Now, again, side note, Jesus raised people from the dead. There are still accounts in the world of people being raised from the dead. That's not resurrection. That's a resuscitation. That's someone who comes back to life, that God brings back to life. And when God brings them back to life, they still are touched by death. They'll die again. The people Jesus raised from the dead died again. You know, His buddy Lazarus, his good friend, he raised from the dead, but Lazarus then died again. However, resurrection is when you receive a new spirit-empowered body that can no longer be touched by death. And so um, he was the only one raised in that way, fully resurrected. He went first. He's the pioneer. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I just want to share this passage with you as we think about Easter. Paul is teaching about the resurrection and the order of resurrection hope. He said this, Christ Jesus has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. And he goes on to say, there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. And so this Easter, we have hope because Jesus was raised from the dead. Because he was raised from the dead, we know death will be defeated, that death's number will be up. So we have confidence that we will rise, that our loved ones will rise, that we will have a resurrected body like his. He's like our model home. We look at him and say, that's what life is going to look like for us. And we know that we will experience God setting the world right and living uh, and will live on in a renewed world. That is the hope of Easter. It's not merely life after death. It's this renewed, resurrected life after life after death. And this is the teaching of Jesus, resurrection hope. And so how does that give you hope today? Where do you need that hope that death will be defeated, that sickness will no longer touch you or your loved ones, that you and I will rise? Why? Because Jesus has risen and he's gone first so what is God saying to you today what hope is he giving you and how will you respond let's pray God we praise you for raising Jesus from the dead we thank you and praise you for resurrection hope for the confidence that you will set the world right that you will renew this world, that you will give us renewed resurrection bodies that will not be touched by hunger or death or illness. And God, uh, we, we praise you for that. And so give us hope today. And this Easter, may we be filled with great joy and confidence and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.